Hey, God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson. Happy Monday to you. Uh, excited this Monday. You guys are getting ready to get a, <laughs> you get ready to drink from a fire hose. I invited my wife on to talk about uh, spiritual growth and maturity. And basically, I'm just going to take you into a conversation uh, that we have. And we do a lot of conversations. We talk a lot And so you're going to get kind of a preview of the way that we interact as a couple, as well as um, the years of experience that we've had uh, walking with God and kind of what our morning sessions are like when we get up and um, get in the word. And and so you're going to uh, guarantee you're going to have to hang on and hold on because there's going to be a lot coming at you. Uh, Please, please. Uh, take time to listen to this and share it because uh, what we talk about today on Love Thy Neighbor about spiritual growth and biblical maturity is going to bless you and encourage you. Please uh, continue to call in, continue to uh, let us know that you're listening, uh, continue to share this podcast. But today on Love Thy Neighbor, conversation with Prophet Taya Wilson, Spiritual Growth and Maturity. (sighs) Good morning, wife. Good morning, husband. (laughs) Yes, it is my wife. Hello. (laughs) Lady elect, Prophet teacher, mom, wife, administrator. What else do you do? (laughs) What do I do? I don't. I wake up in the morning. That's what I do. And do what God says to do. (laughs) Whatever that is for the day. Um, It's my partner in crime. Mm-hmm. No, we don't be committing no crimes. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But partner in ministry, partner in life. Where'd you bear the bodies? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I brought her on this week impromptu because we were in prayer. Yes. And just a lot of things God was showing me felt like she was the perfect person for this particular conversation about biblical maturity and focusing on the role of spiritual growth. People who are trying to grow in their walk with Christ, Mm -hmm. they seek to grow um, spiritually. They they Mm -hmm. seek to grow in the spiritual things, not just morality, right? Yes. Not just oh I I, I, I I sin less, so I'm growing more. Yeah. You know, so I think, and this is something I wrote down from this morning. Um, spiritual growth is not achieved by trying to sin less. It's achieved by serving more. Because in serving more, you will sin less. Yes. Um, Romans eight six through eight says. To be carnally minded mm-hmm. is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind 
um, cannot and will not obey the spirit of God, the word of God. But the spiritual mind is already subject um, to the word of God. And so when I focus my attention on the spiritual matters that God wants me to achieve, Mm -hmm. I don't have the mental capacity to focus on the things that God doesn't want me to do. And a lot of times, because most of us are kind of thinking about, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And we got this rule based, you know, Christian walk. Mm-hmm, the checklist. Yeah, we're going off the checklist instead of what are the things that God wants me to focus my mind on? I think you have to leave yourself open for that to be revealed. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about spiritual matters, you're talking about revelation mm-hmm. and illumination, more so in enlightenment. It's not so much about the behavioral practicalities and applications it stems from revelation from God himself and dealing with spiritual matters um I think that's the part that has to be stressed it's not my husband tells me that we need to join the prayer team because that's not gonna happen (laughs) it is that God I want your will to be done in my life and so talk to me about this show me I'm not going to say, no, I'm going to go with reservations, but the only way I grow in it, meaning the only way that I get more, not even comfortable, because just because you're growing spiritually doesn't mean it's comfortable. Right, right. Um, But the only way that I get more uh, boldness and courage in it is because the spirit is leading me to do it. And so I think you have to focus on the revelation that comes. So when, when I look at what is, you know, growing in, in, in the spiritual matters, the first and most essential piece is relationship with God. Right. It's complete and utter relationship with God. Um, a lot of times people think going to church is relationship with God. Right. That's not relationship with God. That's my pastor telling me what to do. I go do what my pastor tells me to do. And so when I find myself in situations where I'm acting on what's told, not what's revealed, then I am, I can open door for actually conviction, condemnation, judgment, and opinion and criticism as opposed to love, peace, and joy. So what I have to establish first is relationship. That starts in my bedroom. That starts in my closet. That starts, I always joke with a lot of the ladies that it starts in the shower because that's the only time as a mom that that I get free time. It may start as a as an Uber driver. It starts behind the wheel while I'm driving. It doesn't start by just attending a place of worship for checkoff. It is strengthened in it, but it doesn't start. The relationship starts where you make the decision that God, I want you present in my life. And so if you're going to grow spiritually, that's the first thing that I focus on is the relationship. Well, relationship with God then produces the manifestation of that relationship. Yes. Yes. The manifestation of that relationship is you beginning to walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. You start getting words of wisdom and mm-hmm. knowledge and, like you said, revelation, prophecy. You actually start seeing um, God 
use you to do his will because ultimately as God is working in you mm-hmm. and on you he's doing that because he wants to work through you right right not so that you can just me and God that's it right we go I go find this because it still island. has to be practiced right and so it's it, that that connection one-on-one with God is so important I think you're you're right on Jesus said that when you pray, go into your prayer closet and right. the Lord that, that, that sees you in secret will reward you openly. So he's going to reward you with his presence. He's going to reward you with um, you actually seeing yes. what it is that you've been praying for manifest. He's going to reward you. Or others seeing it. Or others seeing it. Yes. Yeah, others seeing your progress, your growth. Mm-hmm. You know, because it starts with what am I what am I doing one-on-one with God? And and I think I talked about it a little bit last week about church attendance and understanding why you're attending. Mm-hmm. People view it as a place, but the church is a group of people that are called together mm-hmm. for a specific purpose that God has in a city, a region, a state, uh, a country, whatever it is. God calls these people together and says, okay, you know, like Shore Foundation, I want you to reach North Aurora, you know, right. or I want you to reach um, into the the lives of the members. Maybe right. the members have people that God wants to reach. And so he calls these members together, equips them, encourages them, challenges them, changes them. And then they, as they spiritually mature, right. begin to minister to the people around them. And that's what the gathering does. It strengthens you so that you can do the work right. that God is calling you to do. Well, and I think when I when I think about it in, in regards to that, uh, a lot of people think that spiritual growth is reflected in behavior. Right. Behavior, or it's the first area that is reflected. I look at it like behavior is the last area that is reflected. Right, right. Um, because just like when you get baptized, it's an outward showing. It's not the first showing. It's just a public display of what already has taken place in your heart. And so spiritual growth first begins inside of you. It first begins with that. And then I always think about the scripture that says, out of the abundance of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth speaks. Right. And so the next thing that reflects is your conversation. You go from, I'll pray for you, mm-hmm. to um, let praying me pray you. Right, you. right now. And right. we start praying. You go from, um, I'm going to stop cussing God, you know, to actually your words, you don't cuss. I don't have to declare what I'm getting ready to do because then I'm more concerned what people are saying. I do what already God has told me to do in my heart. I think about that, like when you were talking, um, just because I go to the gym does not make me a weightlifter right. or does not make me have lost weight just right. because I show up at the gym. So just to show up at the church does not make me have spiritual growth. Right. Just to show up, um, I think about son on the football field, just because I show up on the field does not make me a football player. Right. Um, what makes me that is the, the, the practice, which is my behavior that I put in. But it actually starts with first the desire of what the vision is that I received to become. And so out of that becomes the, the, the mindset change, the effort put forth. You have to first receive it um, as a person who's tried so often to diet. It doesn't work because I never really even digested inwardly. I, I, I desire something else more. 
And so it, you don't see it. But for a person that actually, um, this has happened a lot, this is all the time, then their vision, their mind is actually seeing it before it happens. And then what comes into play is actually what they saw. And they do their action to get there is the last thing because once they start putting action, you can't stop them. There's nothing. A holiday come up. Okay, well, I'm going to go before we eat dinner. I'm going to go after we eat dinner. But this is my decision. And so I think spiritually, spiritual growth is the same way. It doesn't happen just because uh, you come to church. Church helps you to grow into that because you already are the church. It's just that you're coming together to be fed and to be changed. A lot of times we'll say we're spiritually growing because I'm attending church regularly or attend church twice a week. But at the same time, the people around you are not attesting that you are spiritually growing. They're still looking at you as, are you still rebellious? Are you still doing this? Are you still doing that? And the reason is because you haven't started spiritually growing. Now you're just checking off your list. Well, I, I think, you know, I don't, I, I think we want to make sure that we understand that a lot of people don't know what the church is. And so that's why attending church doesn't produce spiritual growth because it actually should. That's mm-hmm. why they, in the book of Acts, gathered together every single day. Mm-hmm. That. So there was this daily growth thing going on because they were being daily encouraged, challenged, challenged to change and live yeah. out this particular calling of being a follower of Christ. And so a lot of people, like you said, treat attendance as something you check off. Oh, I made it to church today. I feel good. I feel better about myself. My week won't go bad. You know, it's almost superstitious, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're operating in this superstition that if I made the church, I dropped an offering, I prayed a prayer, I sang a song, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding that this is supposed to be a part of the walk as a whole. Because when you look at the Bible, mm-hmm. they were ministering to one another. Paul talks about being in the church and an unbeliever or a person that doesn't know anything comes in right and the whole church is prophesying to one another that's the, the, you know that there there's teaching going on that reveals the secrets of their heart and mm-hmm. they look up and they say wow god is in this place because the people here this is a lifestyle for them this is not an event that they go to mm-hmm. and so studying studying the word together experiencing the presence of God together then because outside of the gatherings mm-hmm. life is so different it is I, and I think you have to look, look look at it in the sense of or we have to look at it when when we come to Christ it's the spirit that calls us to him because it's his spirit calling us back to him and so that's the initial seed to have spiritual growth um, the, the church right, right, right. can be the, the, the platform to assist in, in that. Um, I know a lot of times, uh, people will think, you know, like when I came to know the Lord, I came because I wanted God to fix my life. I wanted to him to fix the situation with our marriage. And so when I came to him, that was the expectation, God, I need you. 
But what we do is we put a cap on what the need is. And really what's supposed to be happening is when you come and you say, God, we need you, all full access for him to reconstruct your life is what should be given. And at some point, the church is 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 the new basis to do that, is how to do that, is where to do that. And it's difficult right now because the church, you don't know the difference between going to the church and what is outside because a lot of things have been infiltrated. But what comes from the spiritual growth part is is the revelation that um, I haven't been doing uh, what God says or I don't look like how God says or how uh, we're not interacting with, you know, what the way God says. And so what ends up taking place is the ability to be reconstructed, the constant ability to be reconstructed. I think we look at um, failure as that we mess up instead of looking at it as, okay, when I make a mistake, which is not necessarily failure, but when I make a mistake, I can come back to God and he can say, keep growing. Because because mistakes are an ability to be able to continue to grow. And so like when I said, when I came to God and said, I need you, and I only wanted him to fix this one area of my life. And then when God said, but no, in order to fix this or to change this or to deal with this, right? I have to have access to this. And you go back to the drawing board on it and say, oh God, I don't know if I want you to have that. I don't know. That's spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Because you're allowing him to reconstruct who you are to be who he designed you to be. And what we so often do is we don't allow that spiritual growth to take place because of how we view giving our life to Christ. Mm. Uh, We we view giving our life to Christ as if I just repent and just say, God, uh, come into my heart and save me. But then I go back out and things are the same way. I have not allowed for spiritual growth to to come into the picture. Spiritual growth is, okay, God, you're going to break me. You're going to mold me. You're going to shape me. You're going to take me through some painful things. Right. You're going to break me down it's gonna and build be, me right, back up it's again. It's going to be ugly. I know uh, in this season, one of the words that God gave me is, you are so messy. You are so, so messy, Ty. And learning to be uh comfortable in the mess because then out of the mess he creates the masterpiece is what he told me from the ashes i will create the beauty i you know in in genesis it says that the earth was without form that there was nothing and he created everything that we see and so from my mess and from my chaos he's got to create something we're so often afraid to allow that spiritual growth to take place because we have outside influences, outside pictures and pressures and everything that sometimes spiritual growth can seem almost impossible. Well, uh, because the struggle is we're, we're so legalistic and not just legalistic, but we are task driven. Hey, yes. And so, and that leads into the legalism (laughs) Mm -hmm. is this task driven mentality that I'm growing because I'm checking these boxes, not I'm growing 
because from the inside, my perspective is changing on life. My my view of the world is beginning to look more like what I read in scripture. My view of the church is beginning to look more like what I read in scripture. So often, you know, I would sit with people and I could tell that they they were a Christian, right? They were Christian, but their perspective was not Christian. But they were saying words that were Christian. And and let me give you an example. Um, When you say to somebody, you know, um, Jesus said that if anyone desires to follow me, they must first deny themselves, Mm -hmm. pick up their cross, Mm -hmm. and follow me. Mm -hmm. Christians say amen to that, Mm -hmm. right? But then when you start showing them areas where they need to deny themselves, they say, whoa, you're trying to control me. You're trying to, you know, keep me from living my life. You're trying to keep me from being who yeah. I'm supposed to yeah. be or who I want to be. And you're putting this demand on me. But you say, I'm a Christian and I'm reading this scripture, and but I'm not going to apply it to my life. I'm just going to read it and I'm just going to say amen to it. Well, I think it's it's we're born into sin. Mm-hmm. Part of that sin is rebelliousness, pride, which keeps us separated. And so you have to look at the fact of if anybody tells me anything, I question it. Even God. Even God. I don't. I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't. What, wait a minute. What do you? You have to prove to me why to do or behave this way, that's or to if, think that. But that's if you even get what's being said, because so many people read scripture, and and they never apply it to them. They just hear it and say amen because they see it on the page, but they never think about how it applies to their life. Well, it's difficult. If I, that, that scripture you just said, how many movies out there have quoted that scripture or implied that scripture? And so for you to come and read it or me read it from the word, which is actually the truth of where I'm seeing it, I'm already tainted because of my interpretation prior to even getting to the correct truth of it. And so I have to first have the revelation to say, God, I desire truth. I desire you. I, de- I want to be you. In order to have spiritual growth, I have to go back to him as the spirit to where to grow from. Right. Because that is spiritual growth. And that's why I said changing your perspective, you actually submitting your will to him. And it goes back to, like you said in the beginning, when people submit their life to Christ Mm -hmm. at that moment the approach to that moment is so critical because because if you approach that moment with I want Jesus to come into my heart Mm -hmm. and save me from my sins then you might miss that Jesus is Lord of your life Mm -hmm. And he's saving you from your sins Mm -hmm. in order to serve the original purpose that you were born for. The two-way relationship. You might miss the two-way relationship. Is what I I, the when when you describe it like that, I'm picturing because when I come and give my life to Christ in in that way with an expectation of I need you, I want you to fix or do whatever this is. I could miss the fact that 
what you desire with me is relationship. Right. And in order to have relationship, there's bumps and bruises. Right. There's ups and downs. There's this and that. I think about children. The way that children grow is they're taught to grow. They're shown to grow. We have a lot of adults that really haven't passed six years old. Because they actually did not maybe emotionally grow or they may not have spiritually grown, but physically they're grown. And so our society and culture says they're grown. And you run into the same thing when it comes to spiritual growth and living, living a biblical life that, um, when we allow culture to come in and say, oh, that person is a man of God because he's a preacher. Right. Just he, because just he's a because preacher. he's a preacher or just because he she goes to church right. two, three times a week or just because um, she wrote a book about how God's life impacted her doesn't mean that spiritual growth is taking place. It means that they're able to quote scripture. They're able to... It, explain and have knowledge so they have certain gifts and talents that i think in romans where it says that gifts and talents are given to us but they're irrevocable so god doesn't take them back but that hasn't applied to the growth right the the change the transformation of and i think the greatest transformation is the and you said it before the inward it's inward the inward because then the outward happens automatically but if i'm dealing with the inward transformation and most of that is about recalibrating yes my will to agree with god's will because until i get to the place where i humble myself mm-hmm. i think james says humble yourself oh ye sinners cleanse your hands and and as you humble yourself under god's hand right. then god rebuilds you he raises you back up And so a lot of times we come to God with preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. about him, about church, about what a Christian is. That's why there's people like, oh, don't call me a Christian. Right. Because they're basing what a Christian is off of the things that they've seen, not off of a revelation from God of what it means to be Christ-like and how that affects and how that acts in the world. Because if you look at Jesus... Jesus spent a lot of time sitting with his disciples, teaching and sharing the word. Jesus spent a lot of time reaching out to people who did not know him. Jesus spent a lot of time praying alone with the father. Jesus spent a lot of time. The Bible says that this Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. And I think as a person that had problems with calling himself Christian, there was a time I, I said, don't call me Christian, call me disciple. <laughs> because I didn't, I like what I was seeing from Christians. Like, oh, just, just call me. And I remember you saying, well, break down the definition of what Christian is. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? And it's, well, it's to be Christ-like. That's why they were called Christian. It's to be Christ-like. And so the things that I was doing and going through were actually what Christians are, who they are, that the willingness to lay down my life for Christ, for the word. I think about when Jesus said that no man takes my life. I lay it down. That is the very essence of spiritual growth for me. Um, Because 
even though like he he gave his life and so physically his he was able to uh die and then resurrect and then transcend ascend to heaven whereas we don't have that but in our spiritual growth and in our daily life we have to die to the pressures and influences and the things that uh, our culture and people and what the world says or what even in the church some other thing other people who are not on the same a page of what the bible is saying say and we have to be willing to you're not going to you're not going to get me to come off of what the truth is but I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to do act the way that you would have got me to act before I gave my life to Christ. I'm not going to do this, not because you're telling uh, somebody's telling me not to, but because I choose to represent him at all costs. That spiritual growth is what allows him to show himself in the middle of situations that other people would say, how are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And that's when it truly comes out with, by the grace of God, that, that, you know, he has given me the ability to go from, uh, he said, the scripture says he'll take you from glory to glory. Mm, Yeah. And so that means that to go from glory to glory, I have to experience spiritual growth. That means that there's going to constantly be a, a point of laying my life down. For it to be uh, reconstructed, uh, restored correctly, laying it down so my thought processes can be actually built back up to what the what he's actually trying to say, laying down those things that are most precious, my time, my family, my different stuff so that I can actually walk according to the word. Well, Jesus said, I did not come to be served, right. but I came to serve. And give my life as a ransom for many. And so I've always I've always pictured spiritual growth as your progression towards that idea that I don't want people to serve me. I don't want people to recognize me. I want to serve others and I want to give my life away so that others will come to know Christ. That's what scares people away from the Bible. That's what scares people away from Uh, churches that are really, you know, mission oriented, they would like for more of a, a preaching that serves my purpose that I can just bring alongside what I'm doing. And it makes me a better and more productive person to do what I want to do instead of the preaching that says to you, you go serve others so that they can come to know Christ. And so everything that you do, whether you build a business whether you work a job, whether you're a mom, dad, husband, wife, everything that you're doing is to see someone else saved, sanctified, and living for Christ, walking in the purpose that Jesus, uh, that the Lord God has given them. I didn't know that's a hard concept. For it some is. People. It's a, it's it, because, because it's so foreign. You know, even in you saying it right now, like I don't consider myself to be a person, a, a servant at heart. When I take um, spiritual gift assessments or things like that, my weakest is serving and giving, and I have struggled in finding out that I am a servant that I am uh, a giver. And so to, to have this 
mind-boggling thing of the goal is always to serve other people so that um, they can be saved and know who Christ is. Uh, my own way of getting there was first to do that to myself. Uh, to say, well, you know what? I don't understand what this is, what's presented before me. But God, I won't be the obstacle that stops you from doing what you want to do in my life. So I had to take the aspect of serving God, serving God in order to learn how to serve and to give to others. Some people can take the aspect of serving and giving because that's that's more how they are. So for a person to hear that, such as myself, that's a difficult thing to be able to, to grasp and to understand. But that goes back to denying yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so often I think about who I, who I am naturally, right? Mm-hmm. And who I am naturally a lot of times contradicts what God is saying to me spiritually. So often we're in conflict because it's like, but God, that puts me in a bad position. That puts me in a place where I'm losing. And he says, exactly. Look at what Jesus, look at what my son did. Look Mm -hmm. at what Jesus did. He lost so others could win. He was made poor so others could become rich, you know, and rich in you know, the, the, the things of God, the, he says that he's given us everything that we need to live godly. Um, he's given us all spiritual blessings and these things. And and so it's like, wow, how do I recalibrate my mind? Well, I, I always believe that it starts with like immersing yourself in the word of God and immersing yourself in the presence of God, which those two things are the greatest obstacle we have because we live in a world that is going so fast. How do you have time to spend it enough with God so that he can reveal something to you? How do you spend enough time with God so that scripture Mm -hmm. begins to be the lens where you see life from? Because you're going so fast, so you just get a word here and there, you pray here and there, you you watch a show here and there. Maybe you turn on this podcast and you get a little bit from this podcast, but you are not purposely immersing yourself in the word and in prayer in order to change the the inward part. I think you use the term immersion and as a visual person, when I hear the term immersion, it's like um, drowned in this water and like completely given into this water. And, and that's even that ideal is difficult for me. Cause like you said, with kids and working and all this kind of stuff. How do I do that? How, How do, do you I do it? That? And, and, and that feeling feels so overwhelming that I oftentimes shut down and not even do the little bit that I could be doing because I get overwhelmed. So what I had to do was allow God to reveal to me this specific direction. Like, and I guess I could use the term immersion because the allowing for complete rain would be how I would I would deem that immersion. Not let me just soak you all in, but the the complete rain. So like you, whereas you would term it soak, I term it seek. I had to seek God in places that people wouldn't think you seek God in. Right. So how do you find how do you find so, time to do that? So like. <laughs> Um, I told, I told someone the other day, I said, 
girl, if the only time you got is a shower, then stop singing in the shower the songs of worship and cut them short five minutes before you get out and listen in the shower so that you can actually receive that relationship revelation because so often we're singing and praying and all this stuff and it's one-sided but you never give him the chance to actually pour back into you what he's trying to say that's relationship and so if you only get a 10 minute shower sing a song for five minutes and then listen for five minutes and come out but combine them in your daily activities whether it was when I was cooking a meal and I had to learn to start when I start tears start coming down my eyes while I'm cooking or uh, the spirit takes over you in the kitchen while you're cooking allow it to happen for that time frame God is so good that he would not make you be in that for a whole hour and your family don't get dinner God is so good that he'll That five minutes will be enough of what you need for what he's trying to get done. Or you look up and the doorbell happens during the time you're doing this and a friend drops some pizza by or whatever he is designing for it to be. That allowance because you you desire to seek him uh, at the things that that you're doing, not just doing things. Um, Like I said, if I'm an Uber driver, I'm seeking him in Okay, God, where's the direction? What is this? In a, if I'm a mom and I have a newborn, I'm uh, changing diapers, talking to him. Well, God, what is the plan for my son? What is the life? I am talking to him about every little thing. I remember one time um, I had been struggling and I was like, God, I don't even get to go to the hairdresser that often. I don't, I don't, I took to him what I was seeking and this lady showed up and she just said, the Lord told me to do your hair for free until he releases me. We have to learn to, uh, seek him too. Some of us can do the soaking because we can allow for that scheduling in that, in that way or allow for it to be, let me, we're so disciplined that we can get up two hours early and spend that immersion soaking time. And then there's others of us that are not great in that area. And well, we have to seek him in the different things we do. Well, I, I feel like the, 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 the normal way, I remember when I was working at Hinkley, you know, getting up, you know, being at the, at the, at the school by, by 6.15 in the morning. That means if I'm going to spend time with God, I would have to wake up at 5 or 4.30 four o'clock because I would go to the gym and then I would and I used I used to have to pick between do I go to the gym right. do I spend time with right. God or do I sleep in so that I'm fresh when I go in there and a lot of times when I would miss that early morning throughout the day I'd find a time mm-hmm. my lunch period my and so my question is because our lives are so busy um, and, and when we do have time, the greatest competition to seeking God is my worries. Yes. yes. How do I, how do I seek God? Right. <laughs> when every time I get a minute, I start thinking about all the things that 
all on my plate. I start thinking about this bill that I can't pay or how I'm going to get this rent or what's going wrong in my marriage. Or, you know, if, if you are doing ministry that I'm not actually accomplishing the things that God wants me to accomplish, people are pulling at me this way and that way. How do I, how do I, how do I seek God and not just focus on the worries that I have because worry is a consuming thought, right? It like fills your mind. And so you don't even want to talk to God because you want to think about your worries. And it's not that you want to, Mm -hmm. if you feel like you can't help it because you're taught to figure it out for yourself. I think that, um, (laughs) uh, you have to start where you are. Do not be disillusioned. Uh, that you're supposed to be a certain way. I know you you were talking about how you would get up in the morning. And I used to feel so bad because I didn't have the strength to do that. Because that was my picture and image of how I just I didn't know any other way to get it done. That's but, just But me. I compared myself to you like, oh, you are so weak. You are not. He's the stronger Christian. He's a stronger person because he can have that daily discipline to do that. And I had to be real with myself and say, I'm not him. And so in not being him, that means that God has to have permission to shape how his relationship is going to be with you. He has to have that. And I remember the first time I went to go try a, an all night prayer with, with, by myself. I was like, he keeps getting up and praying. He keeps, and I went in the room. Remember, I think it was in the house. We went. I went in the room. I lit the candles, put the the the, the pillows on the floor. I was ready, and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep. I woke up and the candles was out, and I was I was drooling on the Bible. I, I was so asleep, and uh, I said, God, I feel so bad because I didn't spend any time with you. And he said, no, I've spent time with you. I visited peace upon you. I visited rest upon you. That's where you needed to start. And I had to add to that, like working out, practicing a muscle. You keep building, you keep building, keep building until where you can become so uh, ready in it that I don't have to be, I could be standing in the middle of 500 people and actually have the same um, encounter with God as I did that night when I went to sleep, be wide awake. But it was a practice, a, a daily practice, something that I began to seek more and more. And so I think you have to start where you are and not fooling yourself. If you've got two kids, three kids, I say two, cause two was enough for me. You can have one and you got a full-time job and you got, you, you are serving in the church and you, you got a husband and you got a, or a spouse or whatever the case may be, you have a lot on your plate. And so you might not be that person that is conditioned to getting up early and setting aside that time. Doesn't mean not to do it. It doesn't mean you can't do it. You just have to look at it differently. Where can I start? I I joke that the throne room is my greatest place to experience God. But because that was the only time I got without kids was when I went to the bathroom. That's where I began to say, what are you saying? What are you? And I built up this, 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 I think when we're talking about working out and stuff, you say this tolerance, but I built up this ability to be able to exercise with him, a conversation, a relationship. I didn't expect it to just be, 
this cloud opening thing and it's going to happen and boom he's going to talk to me and that'd be it no well i think that's what that's what first you know we, we started bringing people into morning coffee on, on wednesday mornings and there when it first started it was like uh, an hour and a half and then <laughs> it started being like four hours and five hours Sometimes we go from 8.30 to like 2 o'clock. They're encountering. And, <laughs> and, and it's because I do think our spirit man craves that kind of time with God. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, revelation, mm-hmm. breakthrough, mm-hmm. Um, ministry happens, um, connection grows. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, you're seeing the church. You know, if it was up to me, everybody would have that. You know, um, I would. You know, my youth leaders would sit down with their youth, mm-hmm. sit in a circle, open up the Bible, and say, "What's going on with you?" But and I then think- begin to talk about that because you're teaching people to spend time with God. But that's a different element of it. Like, okay, so because I was just thinking that how. Spiritual growth is attributed to spending time with God. That's it. Okay. But then the there's different aspects to spending time with God. There is the seeking and soaking in his presence, which allows the relationship. But then there's the studying of his word, which is what also which allows for the correction and um, ordering of footsteps. But see, I don't separate those. When I go into God's word, I'm seeking. I'm not, I'm seeking. And in that seeking, I'm soaking in the word of God. And that's what changes me the same way that like, you, like for me, you said um, the throne room or the shower. Mm-hmm. Mine has always been walking. Mm-hmm. Anytime I took a walk, man, God speaks to me. You know, mm-hmm. he like downloads, right? But the other place where God really speaks to me is when I start studying all of a sudden things that didn't make sense mm-hmm. now make st- sense because the approach to studying is I'm studying to get closer to God, not just to get information and knowledge. Most people study to read the Bible, to read the Bible and see, get I knowledge. Was, that's that's <laughs> why for me, I, I can say it because I was that person. I was, I'm a very task oriented person. I'm a checklist. What did I get done today? And so relationship for me is time. And right. so that's why the, right. the the first element of that spiritual growth had to be time in relationship with him. I had to allow time to happen with him. Um, that doesn't necessarily alter my behavior or my conversation yet, because what it alters is uh, my thoughts. Right. And it, and it alters Your awareness of my him. awareness yeah. of him. And, and so that was what it was first is because awareness of him as a person that uh, experienced church through Sundays in the summer with my grandparents. And that was it. I didn't go to church regularly. So I had to come to know him. I had to encounter him the way Paul encountered him on the road to Damascus. I'm going to encounter you. Okay. And now that I encounter you, I got to get to know you which is what I do through the studying of his word, not the reading of his word, okay? He reminds me of reading his word when I'm in the presence of him, but the studying is what is now shaping and forming my uh, decision-making. 
It is now shaping and forming um, my, my, how I talk to people. It is now shaping and forming how I interact with people. That comes from the word. And that's what gives you the ability that if something doesn't look like the word, then you can go back to it and be like, where is that in there? But then my relationship piece can make me say, well, I don't know where the scripture is. And I'm not ashamed to say I may not know. But let me spend time and God, you reveal the direction in which to go. So you have to have both pieces of those aspects. And they come to different people in different ways. Right. Um, but I think they're both critical and necessary for spiritual growth. A lot of times people don't spend time in their word. So you are drying up a part of your well to spiritual growth. Or a lot of times people don't make uh, the time to encounter and have revelation in the relationship with God. You are hindering your spiritual growth um, to, you know, and I get back to again. Okay, I just show up at church. Well, you show up at church dry because your well is already not filled with him. It's to do. And, and, and that's, and you expect spiritual growth. You haven't contributed anything. He's waiting on you to contribute. Right. So it just doesn't come from just Sunday attending church. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed that segment. That is only part one as it ended abruptly because there's so much more. Uh, and so I'm going to take you back into that conversation next Monday. There's a whole nother segment uh, as our conversation went on for uh, almost an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, we just really enjoy talking about it because that's what we do. We sit down and we talk about the things of God. And so thank you so much for listening. Uh, please uh, support us uh, in any way, shape, or form that you can, whether it's 99 cent, 4.99, 9.99. If you want to just send uh, a gift, please reach out to us. Um, anything will help as we are full-time ministry. Uh, this is uh, what we do is we equip the saints. We uh, build up the body. Uh, we try to mature the saints. And so God bless you. So love God and love your neighbor. Till next week. God bless you. Good morning. God bless you. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson. I pray that you had an incredible, incredible weekend. Happy Monday to you. Glad to be back with you this Monday. I promised, as I promised, uh, we're going to go into part two of my conversation uh, with my wife, Taya. Uh, we sat down and we talked for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And so I couldn't get it all on last week. That's why it seemed like at the end, it just cut out because there was so much information that I had to come back with a second episode based upon the same conversation. And so um, after a few messages from our sponsor, we will get right into this conversation with Prophet Taya Wilson, my wife on spiritual maturity. God bless you. I pray that you enjoy uh, the podcast. Those of you that are still thinking and praying about contributing, please do. It's the end of the year. Things are wrapping up. We're trying to get our next year's roster and calendar ready. Uh, please continue to contribute. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to you. God bless. After these messages, we'll be right back.